Welcome to the next episode of the Project Happy Place podcast. My next guest, Jennifer Cassetta, is one of my COVID silver lining friends. (laughs) I first found out about her through a post on LinkedIn about a virtual happy hour that she was hosting pretty early in the pandemic. I hopped on, I think I actually took it in the car with my video off because it was the beginning of virtual happy hours and I didn't know what to expect, but I jumped on the call and I'm so happy that I did. I signed up for her 30 days of badassery, which was in April of 2020. And the program met every week and it was a really nice way to just connect with other people that were kind of going through this at the same time. And what I loved about Jennifer's approach was her mind body connection connection. So she really dives into how the body reacts to stress and different tips and tricks on nutrition. So who is Jennifer? She is a nationally recognized speaker, coach, and self-defense expert. She works with audiences around the country to help empower them through safety trainings, empowerment, and success coaching. She is equipped with her third degree black belt master's degree in nutrition and NLP certification. She helps people release their inner badass and feel strong, safe, and powerful. She has a really interesting story. So she was on the self-defense program. She Warrior Self-Defense, which was on the Today Show, The Doctors, The Real, Rachel Ray, and many more. And she also published her first book, Hear Me Roar, How to Defend Your Mind, Body, and Heart Against People Who Suck. (laughs) Okay, so that is awesome. That is news to me. So we're going to have to talk about your book in a little bit, but I like to give my podcast listeners homework. So the first order of business will be the homework is to read Jennifer's book. Um, So yeah, we'll kind of jump right into things. And I wanted to just welcome you, Jennifer, to the Project Happy Place podcast. Thank you so much, Jane. I'm excited and so excited for you in this new podcast. Thanks for having me on so early. Yes, of course. <laughs> so to begin, I've heard your story and that's what I think originally really connected with me is, you know, how you got into the work you're doing today. So can you tell our listener listeners a little bit about your story? Absolutely. Um, my story began on this wellness journey back in 2000. And um, so 21 years ago, I was a couple years out of college, kind of floundering, didn't know what I wanted to do for a living, was working uh, in a event space downtown Manhattan as their marketing assistant. And lo and behold, I showed up to work on September 11th, three blocks south of the World Trade Center. And as you can all imagine, it was a bit of a disaster. Um, I made it the three blocks from, from the wall street. I got out of the subway at wall street. Um, and obviously when I looked up, that was the first kind of hint that I saw, uh, that something was drastically wrong. At that point there were black, there was just like black smoke billowing out of the, the trade center and got to my place of work, wasn't allowed up by the doorman. He was like, you can't go up there. And I was like, well, where am I going to go? He's like, I don't know, but the subways have stopped now. So I went into the lobby to make a phone call and within just a minute or so, the first tower fell and all of a sudden I was bum rushed into in the lobby by a swarm of people trying to get cover and safety. So I was pushed into this utility closet with them and 
you know, for the first time in my life, I felt that traumatic fear, the kind of fear that can just shut down your body, which is a really good lesson that I learned that day on, on stress and the brain, the fight, flight, or freeze reaction that your body can go into when you're faced with this kind of traumatic stress and fear. So to make a long story short, um, a woman grabbed me. She shook me by the shoulders, asked me my name, and, I, and said, Jennifer, you and I, we're going to get out of here today. It's like, okay. So her and I ran. We, we were kicked out of that building. I think there was a, a cop in there who thought the building would collapse on us. So we ran from building to building looking for safety and finally made it to the martial arts school that I had been training at that year. And for the first time that day, obviously, I felt you know, safe and semi-relaxed, relaxed enough to like shower off, wipe the soot off my body, drink water, um, and just reset my nervous system in order to like figure out what's next. So that became a metaphor for my life. In those next six months, I was out of a job. I was bartending to pay the bills. And all I wanted to do during the day was get to that dojo um, World Martial Arts Center is the name of the school that I was training at. And it just felt so good, like mentally, physically, spiritually, I was getting stronger in all three ways, more confident, feeling more grounded. And I am sure, sure, sure. Now looking back, obviously I didn't know it at the time, but I'm sure that it really saved me from some serious PTSD. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so it seems like in the moment, the martial arts academy kind of became your happy place and a yes. safe place for you. So now after so many years have passed, do yeah. you still practice martial arts or have you found kind of a different hobby or happy place that you go to when you're kind of feeling like that stress might be building up? I love that you call it that because for 10 years of my life, it really was my happy place. Um, I grew into a new human being there, literally learning so much um, and really turning me into, I, you know, what I'd like to say, a teacher and a leader because of all the skills that I really learned and, and the amount of hours I put in teaching. So um, to wrap up that story, sorry, I, I asked myself, what, how can I make this a career? And in that 10-year period, I just kept doing the next thing. So I became a personal trainer to, to to make it a career essentially, because you don't get paid teaching martial arts really. Um, I became a health coach, went back to school for my nutrition degree and had a private practice in New York. So I moved away from the dojo 11 years ago and I went from New York to Los Angeles. So that's where it gets a little tricky. I left my martial arts family, I left that happy place and I did search here for another, um, you know, I really essentially, it was a martial arts family and I wasn't ever really able to replace that. So I, I started teaching more um, and then started putting together these self-defense seminars, which I still teach to this day. So it's still a part of my life, um, but it's just on a much grander scale. So I don't do any one-to-one training. Now, <laughs> now it is all one-to-many. Um, and this past year, I've even been doing loads of Zoom self-defense and safety workshops. So it is still part of me and it does make me happy. It lights me up. Um, I still stretch and do my training on my own, but I don't go to a dojo like I, like I did back then. 
Yes. And I think that's what's so cool about your story is that you've found a way to then bring that to more people and to also bring it to corporate clients. So whether that's a keynote that was done in person or, you know, transforming that to a virtual presentation, which I think is so important and it's so unique and different to what people might feel or experience from mm -hmm. a lot of different speakers. It's like, okay, get up out of your chair. Let's mm -hmm. really like get moving here than just be sitting in the audience and having somebody kind of speak to you. A hundred percent. Yes. I, I, I think it's, sorry, I know it's what sets me <laughs> apart from many speakers, many coaches, et cetera. So I hold on to that martial arts because I feel like it's so, um, it's so crucial to who I am and what I can bring to the table and what I can bring to the stage, essentially, just like you said, having people embody really connect their mind and body sometimes for the first time sometimes people are so separate and so disconnected from their body um it, it it's really like wow and a lot of people live in their head so much you know so and in your head is where anxiety lives where stress lives where worry lives where fear lives and that's why i think it's so important to have some type of practice or or to you know see a keynote speaker like that to really get you connected and remind you that really all the power you need is within you i love that and i've kind of been going through a similar journey where feeling more connected to my body and i even mentioned it during the intro of the podcast when i first released this was the shift from going from your head to your mm -hmm. heart so yeah. letting your heart be your guide in your decision making Mm -hmm. I just, even saying that, I feel like my body is just like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It took you long enough to realize that, but here we are. So that's the sense of just relief. And even, you know, I would say within the past six months, I've really gotten to understand the ego as well and how now anytime there's self-doubt or question, I'm like, there you are ego. Like, let's just sit to the side, please. Like no yep. time no time here. Um, what I yep. think also sets you apart is your background in nutrition. That was one of the key takeaways from the 30 days of badassery when I worked with you and I'm sure with some of your other clients that you do one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I have to laugh because you really taught some different tips and tricks. And one of the ones that I love was the sauerkraut. I will say yeah. that ever since that, I've been buying beet sauerkraut and I just put a scoop on my salad when I can or the um, curcumin gold. So uh -huh. what really drew you to nutrition and what do you find in working with clients are some things where they have these kind of aha moments where they say, oh, wow, that they really experience a change from working with you on that front. Nice. That's a lot. That's a lot of different <laughs> questions. So <laughs> I love it though. But what, what got me interested in nutrition was honestly growing up in a household where my father was like obsessed with nutrition. So we were the house that had no, um, that had like the maple syrup and buckwheat pancakes when I would go to my friend's house and they'd be having like sugary cereals and Aunt Jemima syrup. And like, um, you know, so at first it kind of, sucked when you're a kid. But as I got older, I really appreciated that I was um, raised in a, in a house that really understood the value of nutrition. So then when I was 
training, I realized soon on that I wanted to, you know, my training became more and more intense because I loved it so much. So I wanted to spend more and more time doing it. So kind of around the same time, I met someone who was going through this health coaching program called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And that's where I wound up um, training to become a health coach. So uh, I was doing it myself naturally, kind of lightening up my diet, adding more plant foods, taking away more animal foods, heavy processed foods, less takeout. I was living in New York. So of course, every night is like takeout. Nobody really cooks in your tiny little kitchens. And um, so I was doing that all along. And then, like I said, went back to school to train. So now, so many years later um, and so many clients later, I've just realized that I, how I work with a client is I, I meet them where they're at first because everyone's coming to me in a, in a different space. And there are too many coaches or nutritionists, health coaches out there that just try to prescribe their way of doing things, right? So you're going to do this vegan diet or this paleo diet, and you're just going to stick to that. And you go from zero to a hundred. And I just know that over two decades of watching this, you don't get sustainable results. So when you're, when I meet a client where they're at, I intake what their lifestyle is like, what their current diet is like. Okay. And then slowly, slowly, we just, again, we crowd out the food. Essentially we crowd out the bad food with adding lots and lots of plant-based whole foods to their diet. And I do, I see such amazing shifts. And the best part about it is it becomes sustainable. It's not like they're on a diet and then they go back to off a diet afterwards. This just becomes their way of eating. Um, And there's lots of room there for, I like to follow kind of a 90-10 rule where 90% of the time I'm eating healthy whole foods and 10% of the time, because my body is healthy, my metabolism is healthy, I'm able to splurge on high quality foods um, that that I just want to splurge on. Yeah, that's great. I thought you'd enjoy my um, key, one of my key takeaways from your course. So I always think <laughs> of you when I grab that from the fridge. Good. I love beet sauerkraut so much. And just so everyone <laughs> understands why um, the probiotic, the fermented foods, uh, there's a, okay, there was a speaker actually at IIN back in 2005 when I went who worked for this famous dentist who's now deceased. And of course I can't remember the name right now. Um, but he went around the world to all different civilizations who had not yet adopted like the Western lifestyle. And he noticed a few similar things. And one of them was that each all of these civilizations who kept their health, um, had some type of fermented food in their diet. So if you look around the world, you'll see like in Japan, there's miso and all of these different pickled vegetables. And in Mediterranean diet, you have pickled olives and stuff like that. Um, Germany, sauerkraut, Russia, and those northern countries had kefir and fermented dairy products. So it's, it is really important for your gut health and your microbiome to have some type of fermented food in your diet. Not doesn't have to just be sauerkraut. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thank you for um, elaborating on that because I just like 
the way it tastes and it makes me feel it gives me a little smile and I'm like, this is for my body, but to know the kind of science behind it is really interesting. And a lot of my listeners are, you know, in the biotech space. So when they hear microbiome, their, um, <laughs> their heart rate picks up a little bit probably. Good, good, good. <laughs> um, a Weston Price. I just remembered that's the, oh, uh, great. the dentist is Weston Price. I'll include that. Um, information for people too in the show notes. So I want to talk a little bit about your book. So I know you had your publisher, Hear Me Roar book, and I wanted to see how your other book is going, not to put you on the spot, but I love to really, you know, check in on people that I love and kind of root for them. So what is the status of that? Thank you. And I am happy to share. I'm going to be completely vulnerable (laughs) and open with all of your listeners and yourself because writing a book is hard work. So um, the first book was self-published, The Hear Me Roar. And I think of it more of as a guide and for a younger audience, like the college age. So when I was starting out as a speaker, I put away my sneakers, put on some heels and a blazer and dressed up my self-defense into more talks on sexual assault awareness, um, how to stick up for yourself, et cetera. So that book is really uh, geared towards that audience. This new book, um, which the name that I have might not be the name that's published because publishers do have say over that, but uh, is the one that I came up with is Unleash Your Inner She-Warrior. And um, I wrote like a really intense, long proposal and surprisingly, and to my to my happiness, um, my happy place, I got an agent fairly quickly, which I know for some people can take a long time. But now we're in the process of getting it out to the publishers, and I've gotten a lot of rejections. And again, I know it's par for the course, but it's really uh, it's challenging. It's really challenging to put your life's work into something and get rejected over and over and over again. (laughs) So I'm trying to keep my spirit light about it and just really like, um, I connect within, I go into my meditation every single morning and I see it. I know that it's published. I just, the universe just hasn't caught up with that yet. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've heard that. I feel it's a pretty common theme in writing a book. It's a labor of love, but I feel like it is something that you love and I think you need to get the word out there. So um, I love that you mentioned that you go to meditation and that was one of my other questions Mm -hmm. to me. I mean, you are such an inspiration and I know that it's not easy every single day, especially to be an entrepreneur. So when you feel like you're wobbling a bit or getting into that like fight, freeze, what do you, what tools do you use to kind of get yourself back to being grounded? Yeah, um, definitely meditation. It has changed my life a thousand percent, hands down, especially over the last few years. And I would say the last few years is when I actually made it a daily non-negotiable practice. As soon as I get out of bed, it's the first thing that I do. Um, and why that helps so much is because I get to set my state in that meditation practice every single morning. So imagine instead of reacting to everything that comes your way in the morning, emails, you know, your boss yelling at you, uh, kids like feed me now or animals or whatever you have going on in your home. 
starting your day in a powerful way, right? Connecting to your inner self, setting up your day, even visualizing your day of how you want it to go or what you want to happen. Um, I go further into the future. I look about three years ahead. Once I, once I get into this state of like gratitude and positivity and confidence, then I, then I go three years ahead and I see what, what I've created essentially. Um, so it's almost like I set this future that I can be pulled into versus just kind of like, again, floundering through life and being reactive to whatever comes your way. Totally. I heard that so much is just the, the, you know, commitment to a morning routine Mm -hmm. and having two young kids, that's always been hard for me because I kind of give myself a break and say, oh, they're up early, but I've started to wake up before them. And it is amazing how your body gets used to that. And when you put that practice into place every single day, it is such a better way to start your day versus being reactionary. So I love that you incorporate that into your morning routine. And um, I will say for people that want to try, it does get easier. And I give myself a break on the weekend. So I am not waking up before my family every single day of the week. Right. Good. Yeah. Um, so there are many different ways for people to work with you. I just have to tell them the name of some of your courses because I think they are so awesome. So one of them is embrace the suck. Mm-hmm. The other is power up your presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people can also get engaged with you in self-defense one-on-one coaching, mm-hmm. keynote speaking. What is, you know, if you could just teach one thing or focus on one thing, what would that be? That's a great question. Um, I, I love everything I do because I, essentially I create these. Look, I don't think anything is, is new, right? We're all just repackaging what we've learned from somewhere else. So it's not like I've created these amazing um, keynotes and stuff. It's all from my teachers. And then I put my own spin on things. So, but I would say my favorite program is a keynote called the art of badassery. And because it, I take my, I put a martial arts spin on it and I use it as a metaphor to walk people from white belt to black belt in badassery. Essentially it's self-empowerment and all the different steps that I've learned on the mat that people can use in their everyday lives to feel more powerful, more confident, more in control of their life and the results. Well, yeah, I know you came and spoke at one of the networking groups and walked us through the different colors of the belt and how that can apply to your everyday life. And that was so unique that I hadn't really seen that approach before and it really resonated with me. So we don't have much time left. So I'm going to ask you, I know you mentioned that one of the visions is your book for the next couple of years, but what else are you thinking and where's your vision for your business? And that might even be your personal life. So for the next five years. Hmm. Good. Another good question. (laughs) You know what? Um, I feel like I'm finally at a place where it's just more of this. Um, So more speaking and not necessarily more engagements, but bigger engagements, bigger audiences, more impact, um, international audiences. I love to travel. So that was one, um, intention that I set early on in my twenties that I wanted travel to be part of my career somehow. Um, I manifested that in a, in a VIP client that I wound up traveling the world with. 
And now um, in the last six years, I've traveled all around the country for speaking, but I think I'd like to go back to that world global travel. Um, and again, it's about impact, right? So I know there's this message that can help empower people. My mission is to help more women, I like to say women especially, but really everyone, feel more strong, safe, and powerful from the streets to the boardroom. So how can I do that? I can do that through more books. I feel in five years, I'll definitely have two books out. And um, like I said, speaking around the globe. That is incredible. And I know you've definitely made a lasting mark on me and I'm so inspired by you. I love to connect with you every once in a while and check in and see how you're doing. And like I mentioned, <laughs> welcome. And like I mentioned before, I'd like to give my listeners homework. So they need to check out your website and the different course offerings that you have, book some time with you to see how they can engage with you, whether it's, you know, a, bringing you in for a women's leadership network event or um, a team dynamic. And again, just to repeat what you said, you want women to feel strong, safe, and powerful from the streets to the boardroom, which I just feel like if I had my video on, I'd be snapping my fingers back and forth because <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> thanks so, so much, Jane. Yes, thanks, thanks for, for joining. Listening. Yes. Um, so again, visit Jennifer's website, connect with her, follow her on social media. And I hope that you took something away from this podcast. And if anything else that you pick up some fermented foods and a copy of her book, and that will make me happy in and of itself. So thanks again for listening. And thanks for joining Jennifer. Thank you.